1: making work make sense. LinkedIn knows how.
2: Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which
1: is apparently a
2: thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. I to get 30, 30, 30, get 30, get 20, 20, 20, get 20, 20 get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So Give it a try at mintmobile.com switch.
1: $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 40- Two per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com.
3: This is Paul Hawksby <laughs> And Andy Jacobs. And
0: this is the H and J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Well, in light of their chewing by Arsenal yesterday, there was a bit of a West Ham flavour to today. Mm. Uh, we kind of looked at the broader picture of walking out. Uh, before the end of the game, Tom Gibbs wrote about it today in the Telegraph, and we we examined that whether it 's right or wrong as a football fan, Why should it be any other any different from any other form of entertainment um, and right on the nose of West Ham, Tom Rennie joined us broadcaster podcast yes. west Ham regular uh, yeah he wasn 't in the best of moods and looked at some of the reasons why <laughs> no. they were so appalling yesterday. And um, we had some clips of the week pewter, didn't we? Yeah, they were fun. They were good from 2005. We've a, a so we chat did ourselves. Did we a few did bits and pieces. Covered some ground, odds and sods. Here it all is. <laughs> good
1: afternoon,
3: everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. Good afternoon, Paul. And of course, we're going to discuss the Premier League in detail. So I thought I'd like to start with a few non-Premier League stories. Good and uh, Nicola Peltz Beckham. Does she? Yes. Oh, no. (laughs) What with? That's the trouble with that sort of name, isn't it? It's perfect. It's one of those. Yeah. Had to axe husband Brooklyn from her debut film because of his dodgy acting. Hmm. The actress admitted her husband, 24, was really upset when she dumped his cameo scene from the flick Lola. Uh, Basically, Brooklyn's really upset. He did get his one-line cut... Uh, He kept saying it in the wrong accent and staring directly in the camera. Oh, that's not ideal, (laughs) is it? Honestly, he is truly incredible, isn't he? He's absolutely so untalented at everything. It's almost... You and you've never met
0: the lad. You can write him off, he'll find his way, he'll, oh, find, will his, he? he'll find his thing. <laughs> no,
3: I don't think you so. did
0: in the end, didn't you? I don't Carpet think Carpet so. fitter, accountant, yes, menswear shop, yes. Look at that. And then you found your real calling, didn't you? In this, mm. stu- uh, well, have you found it yet? I don't Not know, there's, really. No,
3: there's still time to find something you're good at, mate. Honestly, <laughs> no, I don't there, don't is. Think so. there is uh, a panel of comedian Bob Monkhouse is to star as his hero in a film about the TV legend. I've heard there's two different scripts, I'm yeah. sure. <laughs> um, there would be, that's right, yeah, yeah. And a fan travelled 8,000 miles mm. to watch Bolton, and it got called off. They were uh, going came to play Cambridge. China. Yeah, that's right, came from Shanghai. I really admire that. I, sometimes I struggle to go to Chelsea
0: from Cheswick. Yeah, I mean, there have been times over the years I've thought this, I wouldn't open my curtains to watch Tottenham. But Not, not at the moment, obviously, but no. um, yeah, I, I, do, I, often, I often think that.
3: I'm always massively impressed mm. when people do stuff like that. It was a good Super Bowl, very exciting game. Never, it's funny. The games have really improved in the last few years. Why when that, I used to work on Super Bowls, there were always one-sided blowouts. I don't know why, but they, for years and years and years, it was the worst game of the season. Yeah. But this was a brilliant game last night. But I do think Travis Kelsey. said, "Did you see him after the game? He's really irritating." So, if I was Taylor Swift, I'd get rid of him. Honestly, blimey, he's so irritating. Wow, this a bit loose shouting. Shouting. loose women should be doing this <laughs> shouting. You see him screaming at the Well, he coach. just won the Super Bowl. Yeah, but it was kind of, you know, it was sort of
0: strange shouting. Do you want sort of to of shouting. pick up the ball and take it
3: back to the halfway line? <laughs> just put it down? Yeah, I think so. OK. It was just, when you see it, you all know what I mean. It was really, the bloke was trying to interview and he was just shouting into the microphone. He was thinking, <laughs> what's wrong okay. with you, mate?
0: Well, everyone's getting it today. I hope mm. Travis Kelsey and Brooklyn Beckham are enjoying the show so <laughs> I'm far. sure they are. <laughs> Uh, A couple of things to get... uh, By the way, uh, Mm. they talk about golf being a fairly genteel sport. And even as a... You know, apart from uh, a US Ryder Cup, it it is normally. But there is one uh, outlier. It is the Waste Management Open. And never has a golf tournament been better named... Um, it takes place in Phoenix. We talked about it last year, I think, with Tim Southwell from Golf Punk because it's a sort of free-for-all. There was a hole-in-one last year mm. and everybody lobbed their beer cans onto the green where he got the hole-in-one. And it took 20 minutes to clear all the beer cans. It's, it's a cross between, like, the Cheltenham Festival mm. and the Reading Festival. Um, <laughs> especially when, in this case, the weather had been bad, so people turned up to it. Mm. And they can normally stand on the banks when the weather's good but they were so sort of rain sodden after a massive downpour they'd had, they decided to use it as a sort of, to, to sort of do belly dives down it, mm. the way you would at sort of Glastonbury if it's really muddy. Um, a woman fell out of the grandstand when drink had been taken on the par three sixteenth and was taken away in an ambulance. Apparently she's all right. Um, all sorts of carnage went on, fights. Proper fist fights. Does, should be uh,
3: giving be giving this publicity.
0: It sounds well, the most awful no, thing I'm not, ever. I'm not so much giving. I'm not saying book early for next year to avoid disappointment. <laughs> I'm making making the point that it's such an ungolf golf tournament. They openly heckle all of the players hmm. to the point where they just. Dustin Johnson apparently it takes a lot to get a rise out of him, but he he went into the crowd and they're effing and jeffing at him, calling in names. Um, They call it the Wasted Open now. The the players saying it's the worst this year than it's ever been. Go and read, there's a report of it today, James Corrigan in... um in mm. the Telegraph.
3: It, it's, it's, I, I think they remember, should behave like that at Augusta. It would be like, fantastic well, during the Masters.
0: I think some of them, Luke Donald was making the point, he's slightly worried Beth Page is going to be a bit like that. It mm. is it is a bit of a uh, possibility. But anyway, that doesn't really take us anywhere. I just thought I'd enlighten you and um, you could go and check out the Waste Management Open in Phoenix and maybe book mm. early to avoid disappointment. A um, couple of things to get you going on. Your Emma's Faye-like stories. Emma's uh, Faye is the coach of AFCON. He won... Coach of the tournament, brilliantly well done to him. It's all the more remarkable is that he didn't take over to the end of the group stages. It's amazing. Because Jean-Louis Gasset, the, the man who was the coach, got the sack because they have been so appalling in qualifying. They looked like they were going out. Got they? beat 4-0 and in, against Equatorial Guinea and looked like they were on the way out. But got through on snookers, and as you probably know now, won last night thanks to our good old MS Fay and his guidance after the manager... Got the sack. So we wondered if you've got Emma's fay like moments yourself. Did you Did you kind of nip in and take all the glory? We'd love to know your stories of when you just nipped in there and took all the glory. So do let us know this afternoon. The other thing was, what did you decide with uh, rock, paper, scissors or the like? Well, take the toss of a coin. Sometimes some fairly big decisions or fairly yeah. inconsequential ones, but it doesn't mean they're not interesting, can be made yeah, by chance in that way with a bit of rock paper scissors and the reason we bring it up is that Mark Robbins is not happy with a couple of his cov players although they won the game mm. a regular penalty taker uh, Matty Godden was on the bench so it was Hadji Wright or Calamo here, and um, one of them had to take the pen they couldn't make their mind up so on the pitch they did rock paper scissors to which Mark said I'm going to kill him. Uh, it's all about who's confident about taking the penalty. But it's his fault because he didn't appoint a designated
3: penalty taker. I don't know yeah, how you can get grown men,
0: with aren't they? They can make a decision on well, the you pitch. you saying a... whoever felt more confident, if, if Aggie says I fancy it, he takes it. But he said, look, I'm, I'm delighted we
3: got there in the end. Most coaches appoint a designated blame. Yeah, take you
0: would before. tend to do that, yeah, that's
3: yeah. true. But anyway,
0: um, we're interested to know the inconsequen- inconse- say again, inconsequential or otherwise, what were those decisions you made with rock, paper, scissors, a toss of a coin, etc.? 03717 You can uh, email at talksport.com, text to 81089 or tweet to tshnj, TSH.
3: A-N-D-J. I hope this isn't an omen, but uh, the, uh, film, the film, the play rather, Dear England, James Graham's play. Yes, yeah, I got to see it. G- yes, it very good, excellent. Very good, yeah, yeah mm. but it was nominated for ten categories in the What's On Stage Awards and it didn't win anything. Ah. So I hope that's not an omen for Gareth in the summer. But yeah, that's... Uh, hopefully not. Oh, okay, so it didn't, w- not one? Not one, no. Oh, dear. Ten nominations didn't win anything. Harsh, oh, isn't it? A really? guy who
0: played Bukai Saka was just about Garp on stage, and Italian fella <laughs> point his shirt back. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Good afternoon, Paul Hawksby. Andy Jacobs here on Talk Sport, and Andy Brassell will join us. Um, plenty of interesting stories from around Europe uh, for Andy to get stuck into um, in the next 10 minutes or so. And Lewis Moody will be with us, former England skipper, World Cup winner, to reflect on the weekend, Six Nations, and all the big talking points. But before that. Um, we're going to talk about walking out. Uh, West Ham fans uh, Mm. we saw en masse had kind of had enough. I think they probably had enough at half-time, but I'm sure a lot more of them stuck out against their better judgment, hoping for a miracle. Um, We saw footage of lots of people leaving, lots of people on the outside bars, but there were people crossing the bridge. So they had decided at half-time enough was enough. And As a football fan, you take clog for that kind of thing in a way that if you've watched the Duff film, uh, mm. or gone to a bad play, you don't. Uh, making that point today in a piece on this very subject is uh, Tom Gibbs from uh, the Daily Telegraph. Hi, Tom. Hi there. How are you? Yeah, good, thank you. It does seem if you're a football fan, this you know... you've considered bad form, isn't you, it, really? You cannot do this.
4: Yeah, I think it's a bit of a double standard, as you say. If you walk out of a film early, if you're a real film buff, a real cinephile, and you think, I know where this is going, I'm an hour in, and this is a complete waste of my time it's almost seen as something discerning. It, it boosts your reputation almost to, to show that much discernment. And I realise that is not the way we like to think of football fandom, especially in this country. But I, I do think it's particularly relevant. It was West Ham yesterday because there are clubs gone from a stadium, a magnificent atmospheric stadium at the very heart of its community, where it was very clearly, if you ever even drove through the area where Upton park was, you could see this stadium was the main reason for that whole area to be there. The they are now they are one of many leisure choices which might mm. take your disposable income of a sunday the fans as so many fans are are being treated as consumers and i think it should be completely unsurprising to all of us that they are also behaving like that now uh and football fandom is is so unusual in that you can spend often hundreds of pounds getting to away games once you've factored in transport and and possibly quite a lot of alcohol um, to have quite a miserable day out, and 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 that eventually gets taken for granted for too long, uh, and and fans, I think, are completely entitled to say, you know what, I know, I know where this is going. I've had enough.
2: We've all been
0: there. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I could countless times. There's one game that sticks out. About 70 minutes in. And I think we were 3-0 down to Chelsea. There was absolutely no way back. You've got the Chelsea fans in your ear for the next... I think they were I think they were 3 nil up after 50 minutes. So I'd, I'd stayed the extra mm. 10 minutes just to sort of self-flagellate. And then you think, um, what am I doing here? We're not getting back into this. <laughs> no. I'm not enjoying this. This is horrible. Um, so, I mean, I think you kind of are within your rights. I mean, I actually said to someone... I might go and have a pint Actually, you, get off early. He said, no, it's all right, I'm going to stick around to Boom at the end. So there is, maybe that's uh, something you can do. That's a reason f- for staying.
4: A lot depends on your club as well and the personal experiences you've got and, and the things you've seen. Um, I was too young for this. but My dad tells a story of going to watch our team QPR 5-0 um, down at halftime against Newcastle in, I think, 1987 and came back to draw 5-0. And I suspect, yeah. were you there for that? Well, it's FOMO. Gonna... You're
0: right, Tom, is it? It's that thing of saying, well, what if I left now and we came back and we got 3 or we won this 4-3? I'd never, ever live it down.
4: Exactly. There, there's a very real fear sometimes. I mean, not so much for QPR currently. I mean, the, the worst thing I've done um, after leaving early QPR, which I don't make a habit of, but I did miss a Kevin Gallon consolation at Molyneux in about 2004. So, you know, I've been burned as well by this.
3: Yeah, I walked out when Chelsea were losing 5-0 to United and they finished 5-3. So it could have could have come back on me, but it didn't. Yeah. Uh, to be fair to West Ham, they put a lot of effort in making the stadium their own and they've had some great days there or nights there and when they're they're playing well the crowd are right behind them but you know that was pretty poor yesterday you can't really blame them
4: without a doubt I think uh, when you've watched enough games you get a sense of when it is really going south and I think often on, on these days like yesterday the clue is when there's two goals very very close to each other and when there was that cluster of three goals right at the end of the first half I don't think any West Ham fan thought, oh, you know, we're going we're gonna to dig in and get back into this. I mean, not to mention the fact as well that they beat Arsenal twice already this year. And I imagine quite a few of their supporters at this point thinking, you know what, well, three was always probably fairly unlikely this season.
0: I suppose there is that option. As you said, in the area that you can, you can leave early, you can go and do a bit of shopping, Stratford, uh, that, a bit of retail therapy, <laughs> or, you can, or you could maybe buy tickets to go and see the ABBA show and then go and berate a hologram, because, you know, it it'd probably be a little bit easier. So there, there is, a, and you're right, there's an odd cross-section of people around the area during the day, shoppers, ABBA fans, West Ham fans, it's become a bit of a melting pot in the way, because, as you said, you know, Upton Park was the destination in that part of the world, wasn't it?
4: Yeah, I mean it's brilliant going to West Ham. When I timed it yesterday to get to Pudding Mill Lane, which is the stop right next to where the Abba concert is, and you've got this magnificent uh, group of people, like a lot of uh, people there on on Henders and, and younger people all dressed up in glittery jumpsuits, and then uh, people in you know Declan Rice shirts trudging uh, sadly towards um, to, towards Upton Park to kind of pay tribute to him or boo him, as the case was yesterday. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's it's an unusual football going experience I think had you shown someone 20 years ago what going to West Ham would look like in 2024 they would have been fairly surprised
3: yeah I'd rather see my team lose 6-0 and go to the Abba yeah, <laughs> come, <really. on, laughs> come on come <laughs> on it's
0: fantastic the no, Abba concert you know, it can't be it's Abba <laughs> well 03 that's that's going to uh, yeah oh, you make a very good point finally Tom that the the upgrade from the Arsenal fans of have... That we can see you sneaking out and then it, it after the next goal is is there a fire drill but I think oh, you, you, there's not a new one for every goal is there really unfortunately I don't <laughs> mean there's many variations that's it effectively
4: No and I think actually by the end of the game the, 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 the glee about what they were inflicting on their opponents had gone out of it a little bit for Arsenal fans they were more just excited that they'd Um, secured a a very impressive win really in fairness to them uh, with with the players they had out and I think uh, the mood of the day for them was far more celebratory and right we're going to kick on now and and challenge uh, properly this year um, rather than um, any particular I mean there's there's not you know, it's a London derby, but it doesn't feel like it's kind of one of the very, very high level, full of needle ones, does it, West Ham Arsenal? So I don't think they were um, uh, being particularly cruel to West Ham's fans yesterday.
0: It's a lovely feeling, though, isn't it? You're 4 0 up at half time. Yeah. You, know, you know, there's no way back for the other team. It's relaxing. You, can just, you can just relax, very often. enjoy yourself. You might get a couple more, they might get one back, and you'll ironically cheer the consolation goal. It's a, it's a lovely feeling, Tom, isn't it?
4: yeah I mean they, they do say 4-0 is a dangerous lead so I was slightly worried for Arsenal <laughs> well it was time, for them at no. Newcastle
0: back yeah. in the day but <laughs> yeah, I, that's right. I yeah. couldn't see that happening again no. yesterday there was no signs of that good to talk to you Tom enjoyed the piece thanks
4: very much pleasure thank you the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast Hawksby and
0: Andy Jacobs here on Talk Sport we'll have some clips of the week pewter for you a little bit later on we've still got a Premier League game uh, this well extended weekend it's uh, Palace Chelsea it's live on Talksport tonight and Kevin Day comedian and podcaster will be joining us to and Palace fan of course to look ahead to that but we're going to reflect on the seismic result yesterday Arsenal gubbing West Ham uh, at the London Stadium a mighty 6-0 um, before we uh, hear from uh, Tom Rennie West Ham fan broadcaster let's hear from David Moyes um, and says that no other West Ham squad would have allowed that result.
2: I think that they know. I think we've probably got as good a squad of players as we've had here and all the other teams I've had would have never let themselves get beaten the way they did today. So everybody has to pick themselves up, including the staff. We all have to do it as well and, and uh, get ourselves ready for what's next.
0: There we are. Oh! Uh- yeah, uh, Tom, I'm he was grimacing as uh, as uh, he listened to that. Yeah, Tom Rennie, West Ham fan, has joined us in the studio.
2: Um, I only come in here when we're good or bad. It's, yes. it's nice to be back. It, <laughs> when, when that sixth went in, I thought, this is good, this H&J had called me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was nice, makes my well afternoon. Some of the well. reactions, I see Tony Cotney
0: uh, kind of twofold issues, yes. talking about the fact that the manager hasn't got a new contract, and he's a bit of a lame duck yeah. manager, and also that they didn't strengthen in January and let players go, which we saw a bit of mix and make do in the lineup.
2: Yesterday. Yeah, yeah look, I, I think there's so many things going on here with this particular result. And the big issue for me is that you could see this coming for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. That, you know, I, I didn't go yesterday, but I went to Brighton, the 0 0 draw. I went to Bournemouth, the draw there, and the Crystal Palace draw there. And there is such a lack of aggression about West Ham. There is a lack of pressing about West Ham. There is an intentional sitting off of the opponent about West Ham. That is not too dissimilar to how they set up and played when they beat Arsenal a few weeks ago. The setup is identical, whatever happens... The trouble is, when the first goal goes in and West Ham have conceded, mm. you're in massive trouble. And I know a lot of teams don't change the way they play once they've conceded a first goal because of their kind of philosophy or whatever. The trouble is, West Ham's game plan doesn't involve the ball or attacking. It involves, keep this shape, do this thing, don't touch the ball, and then something will come for us. Be a corner, be a counter-attack, some it to magic, whatever, could gets through on goal from a through ball, and we're in. And that has served West Ham really, really well. The trouble is, and this is why you saw so many people walking out yesterday is that it isn't worth watching uh, and you'll know this um you know from tottenham this season my brother-in-law is a big tottenham fan we talk about it all the time and and from last season to this season it's not about winning games or losing games it's about having a sense of joy when you go in there mm, yes. and when you're paying 50 60 70 pound a ticket when you've got sixty-two and a half thousand people going to see the team and they leave every week even if they won they're a bit like oh It was like dinner with your mother-in-law. You're like, oh, you know, it was fine. It was perfunctory. We did it. There wasn't a row. That was good. No one said the beef was overcooked. It was fine. I don't want to go again next weekend. Don't make me go. (laughs) And look, David Moyes, I've said this to you loads of times. When he does decide to leave, outside the bowl of disappointment, he should get a statue. Because in the macro of the whole thing, this has been brilliant. But taken in the microcosm of this season, taken across the last seven games, even the games they've won, it is so difficult to watch. And when it works, it's Moy's masterclass. Hasn't this been great fun? It's great to win at Arsenal when it really, really is. But when it goes wrong, it can go badly wrong. And yesterday, the biggest home loss since 1968, I think, the biggest home loss of the Premier League era... A lot of dissatisfaction already. I don't know. I'm not sure he just gets a contract now. And I think Tony Cotty might be right. The fact it it didn't happen a few weeks ago opens that conversation up. It is interesting,
3: though, because last season was saved by the Europa Cup. Definitely. yeah. There's no question about that. But this season, league-wise, it's better, isn't it? They're eighth, you know, same points as Newcastle. They, if you analyse a lot of the performances and the results, yeah.
2: I think what yeah. you say is true, Tom, As isn't long it? as you win. Yeah. You can do whatever you want in football as long as you win, yeah. right? That's that's always been true and forever will be true. The trouble is they haven't won in seven games. So but was there, got a, one sense all, you say there was a sense
0: all the time that you felt they were kind of getting away with it? Oh,
2: the Brighton game, they should have lost 6-0. And yeah. they got a 0-0 draw in that particular game. They, they, they faced Brighton at a really good time at the end of the Christmas period. I went to the Bournemouth game a couple of weeks ago. It should have been 4-0 at half-time. Um, There's loads of issues offensively. Defensively, this season, they've not been particularly strong. To set up so low and have no defensive plan is bizarre for people. I mean, let's talk about January as well, right? It was so evident offensive reinforcement was needed. Mikko Antonio, they've tried to replace him with Allaire. He's done well. Um, Skamaka scoring goals again in in Serie A, but they stuck with Antonio. He's been out now since, I think, November he got injured for Jamaica. So it's not like a big shock. The striker's missing. There was no plan in January to replace him. Uh, Paqueta injured again. There was no plan to replace him. And look, I don't think Pablo Fornaos is amazing. I, I, I'll happily see Saeed bin Rama leave the club. I think he, he did some good things and bad things. But to end the transfer window having sold your bench, to then play Ben Johnson, mm. West Ham's backup right back, who even when Soufal is injured is not guaranteed a game on the wing. I I don't know what that tells me. It tells me they let people go because maybe there's some story coming out that we don't know about about financial fair play issues. Otherwise, selling the replacement for Paquetta and bringing nobody in is either something they're trying to cover up or it's dereliction of duty. Uh, And Tim Stiden and David Moyes and all these guys if they can't see what some ball bloke from essex can see that quite desperately the left wing needs some reinforcement and i'm not quite sure what they're doing in terms of of transfer strategy and you could see it yesterday ben johnson god bless him has improved his ball carrying a bit looks a pretty decent championship player but he's not a left winger against arsenal at home and if you again going back to the way they play if you play fast paced aggressive football against west ham and score the opening goal you may as well shoot off yeah. Because there is no no way West Ham can get back into it. Certainly not with a right back on left wing.
0: I mean, what happened yesterday as well? To be one 0 down as soon as that first goal comes in, then they just completely cave in yeah. in the space of five but minutes. But there is no offensive
2: plan then, right? Because the plan was stay in the game, yeah. stay in the game, and that you know, people do that. That's fine but, like, they've stopped scoring from corners, the release ball to Caduce and Bowen via Paqueta is gone, there is no central striker with the physicality of Miko Antonio, so that's totally gone, and if you're James Will Prowse or the ambling giraffe Thomas Socek, you're a bit like, what What do we do now? Yeah. What, what do we do now? And then the reinforcement comes and it's totally finished Calvin Phillips. Yeah. Like, God bless him and all that, in six months' time, he might get a move from Man City somewhere else, but if you're signing someone for 14 games, you don't sign someone who's going to take 14 games to get up to speed so in terms of the West Ham signing that's a waste of time so what reinforcement again Moyes deserves a lot of criticism for yesterday and the way they've set up and the way they've played but each individual player should take responsibility too for how awful they were. And everyone above them should take responsibility for the fact the squad somehow got weaker in the January transfer window, which makes no sense. And that leads to the humiliation of yesterday. And you couple that with the fact that Arsenal were desperate to beat West Ham, considering they'd beat them earlier in the season, they'd beat them in the cup. Arsenal took West Ham very, very, very seriously. And if Arsenal would maybe one of Emirates that... December's game, it might have been a different affair, right? They might have done that. Oh, they've had an off day here and West Ham nick a result. Um, that wasn't the case. And, and frankly, 6-0 flatters West Ham. Yeah, that should have been, been 10.
0: Worse. Do you feel better after that? We thought it'd be slightly cathartic for um, you. That...
2: I just finished my three-hour football show on <laughs> SiriusX NFC where I did three full hours on this. Uh, and I've now done 10 minutes here uh, and my podcast week in the tackle comes out tomorrow where we're going to do more of it. And so maybe after two full days of ranting I'll feel better. Uh, <laughs> no, but that barely scratches the surface of my incredible rage. We go again, I believe all the websites yes. like to say. No, i will be
3: very interested to see what the point point do, do, We go again. Wise. Yeah, in the, in the it will be.
2: I, I think he stays. I mean, briefly, I, I think he, I think he stays because taken in the macro, he's done a really good job, and I think it would require a thought process to replace David Moyes as to who comes in and if a new manager comes in. Let's just say, for argument's sake, it's Graham Potter, right? Let's yeah. say for argument's sake, mm. Sochek can't play in that team. I'm not sure Will Prowse can play in that team. Edson Alvarez, I'm not sure can play in that team. Can Soufoul play in that team? Kurt Zuma can't bend his legs. Is he going to play in that team? <laughs> and on and on and on we go. It wouldn't just be replacing Moyes; it'd be replacing a lot of people. And are they up for that job? And if not, it's two more years of David Moyes and he needs to bring back some of that Jesse Lingard era magic. He can do it, but we're a long way off that right now. Thank you, Tom. Thank you, Tom.
0: Appreciate it. Mm. Tom Rennie there, broadcaster, podcaster uh, and West Ham fans, you probably gathered. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast.
4: Now Hold that, please. Level five.
0: Thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns.
1: Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you.
0: Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to Ertz and the Biparsal Rise plug sale.
1: The most important thing is what? Sorry.
0: The single most important thing is to Ertz in the Channel has been bingus of the Biparsal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine.
1: Uh yeah, that sounds important. Does work chat all sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations
4: The Hawksby and Jacobs
0: Daily Podcast. Um, one of the listeners, we were talking about the, the freedom to leave early, like many of the West Ham fans did mm. yesterday, 4-0 down at half-time. I've seen Rochdale concede six twice, but I've never gone early. You back your team through good and bad. Trust me, we've seen a lot of bad, especially the last two seasons. But it is it, it, it's, That is
3: what you're supposed to do. It's, yeah. very, it's hard. I do admire people who yeah. do that, but it's
0: difficult. A couple of our boys did leave. I mean, they were looking to get a train. They hadn't lost the faith. I mean, I don't think they were expecting Tottenham to win it, but a couple of our guys who sit with us did leave just before the winner the other day. They'll so. still be
3: happy, though. I'm are, sure they will know, be there, there so the You've got
0: the result without all the jeopardy, that's true. Uh, I was at Spurs in 1960, says Len, in Crayford, when they beat Crew 13-2 in an I FA Cup game. replay. Yeah. It was 10-0 at half-time.
3: Imagine being one of the Crew fans who'd come down for that. <laughs> Nice one, thank yeah. you, Lem. So they were happy to be there, I suppose. Um, Erling Haaland uh, reckons that Jack uh, Grealish and Ruben Dias are the pongiest stars in the squad. Because, pongiest, yeah, because they splash on too much scent. Asked on the club's podcast who smells the best, Erling said they're using way too much perfume. I think they smell the worst. I like my own smell, you know. You think how do you know? You can't really smell yourself, can you? Don't I hope not. <laughs> So he's a, he's got a he's got a natural man scent, has
0: natural he? Natural musk. Okay. Well I've never smelled Erling Island. Maybe no, I haven't for those that, for those that have, maybe they can tell us uh, what he smells like. Well it's difficult yeah, to say really. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'll I'll think? I'll read, I'll bring up the old off told tale of um, hmm. Franco Brazi at the end of um, two hours of football in the nineteen ninety yes. third place playoff when he swapped shirts with Um, David David Platt Platt, a Beresi shirt still smelt of Aramis beautiful after two hours of
3: uh, playing football (laughs) in the heat it was strong Aramis yeah it certainly was don't make him like that anymore Um,
0: Marcus Rashford on the winning side yesterday things picking up for him and um, he's he's had a few nights out, I think it's fair oh, to say. Yeah, yeah. But uh, he's got back onside via the jigsaw. He's a oh, yes, big I fan of that. the jigsaw. Right. Yeah, he yeah, likes to sit two. there with a thousand pizza of an evening uh, rather than a bottle of tequila. Mm. And um, it's been going well to the point uh, he had a little competition online for Manchester United fans saying, uh, can you tell me, looking at this picture, can you tell me what... Um, jigsaw I'm doing. And uh, it was the Manchester United fan, Trey. Well done to Trey. You spotted, it was uh, Ravensburger's 1599 Disney Collector's Edition Lion mm. King set. Well, I'm not
3: surprised. And so surprised.
0: he's off to the Fulham game on February the 24th. Yes, There's two,
3: uh, we do a lot of jigsaws. There's Ravensburger and Gibson's. But Yeah, okay. Me, I'm more of a Gibson's man myself.
0: Yeah. Really, what is it
3: about the Gibson over the Ravensburger,
0: like Andy, the, that does like it for the,
3: you? It's the paintings. Oh, there was a fascinating programme on how long it takes to do these jigsaws. One... Jigsaw and how they go. Create one. Yeah, it's quite a few months. It's quite surprising. Hasn't they got some cutting machine that turns into a thousand pieces? You've got to do the the painting first. Right. So that took about three weeks. And then there's all the other bits and pieces that go along with it. I mean,
0: with respect, uh, there'd be
3: quite a lot I still haven't watched before I watch that. (laughs) (laughs) It's from the excellent Made in Britain series. Oh, okay. Who who presents that? ITV. Nobody presents it. It's just sort of. Look at various things that are made in Britain and how they're made. Okay. It's, it's not of no interest. <laughs> You're well okay, Well, okay. High praise indeed. <laughs> Taylor, talking of smells. Oh, yeah. Taylor Swift was down in the dumps, according to the Sun, after a mid air issue with the toilet on her private that's jet. That's right. Yeah, yeah. The loose flush broke. That could have been quite unpleasant. As the Look What You Made Me Do singer, is that why they picked that song? <laughs> I think so. Yeah. That's almost <laughs> yeah. certainly why flew they flew from did. Japan to Las Vegas. I mean, I think she got straight off the
0: plane and said to try Good flight. And she's. Yeah, and I'm b- sure, I'm sure broken the, on the, the writer's having a laugh Her pilot logged
3: an Yes of course <laughs> It's a tabloid
0: newspaper <laughs> Andy What do you expect The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast The Talk Sport Clips of the Week Yes, the producer has raided the archives once again. He's delved into the box of mini-discs, a bit of a lucky dip, um, and he he thinks he's found, well, not some gold, some pewter. Um, And so we've not heard him since
3: those days, so we look forward to it. see what we're going to get. Andy, where should we start? We'll start, as we often do in this section, with Mike Parry reading out a story from the papers.
4: A transmitter smuggled into their Old Trafford changing room, uh, trending area, recorded top-secret conversations between boss Sir Alex Ferguson below... (laughs) <laughs> yeah,
0: we can't see the paper though. <laughs> it's like, back in two thousand <laughs> do brackets below. <laughs> yeah, it's easy done when you're no, reading yeah. verbatim, isn't it? Over yeah. to Rodney Marsh on Drive, who was chatting to a guest about a newborn baby.
4: He's trebled his birth weight in three and a half months. Anybody listening who knows anything about that is kind of like they say that they trebled their birth weight in a year. So I think he wants to be a prop forward. What? He's absolutely massive.
3: What's that actually mean? Tripling the? What, what do you mean? So
4: he was six pounds at birth. Yeah. And he's like, but he's, well, he's over seventeen
0: pounds now. So if a baby starts at six pounds and triples <laughs> this weight, just <laughs> yeah. right the answer in the margin, <laughs> yeah. it's just gone up three times, Rodney. Yes. that's what that's what it well, would be. You know. Yeah.
3: It's Andy Townsend now with Mike Parry. You know, so I was down at Southend. You
2: know, not every South End fan lives ten minutes around the corner from their house.
0: No. Nope. That would be odd, wouldn't it? I said, <laughs> dual property owners, the people in South <laughs> One on the seafront, one up by the Kurzel, and one near Roots Hall. Uh, over to Talk Sports Live cricket coverage now of England's tour of Pakistan. Now, much-loved former cricket commentator Jack Bannister.
2: That's a knock-on effect from the, uh, the awful dismissal, really, of Kevin Peterson, who just slogged his wicket away thoughtlessly after he got, got to 100. No, no. Got pretty
0: <laughs> high there, did, didn't,
4: didn't he? Really. Incredibly high.
2: And sticking with
3: cricket, it's back to Mike Perry. Uh,
4: Better than that, Andy.
3: Fantastic start. It has been,
4: really it has fantastic been a very start. good start.
3: England could have been in danger now of
4: really tiring, you know, in the heat that you get out there on the first day. Yep. Only taking a couple of wickets, you know, Pakistan on their way to a cricket score. Yeah, yeah you playing yeah, cricket,
0: yeah, <laughs> running up a cricket score. <laughs> um, here's uh, Patrick <laughs> Kinghorn and Mickey Quinn with news of a competition. Afternoon. So, thanks to Luke for sending us a copy. And Luke sent us some extra copies to give you a chance to win in this fantastic competition.
4: Yeah, and a question
0: for to win this game was. For to win this game? Old <laughs> Quinny going into the old English.
3: Beautiful how he used to do that now and again. And staying with Patrick Kinghorn, here he is taking a call. Joseph is in Milton Keynes. Hi, Joseph. Hello
0: there. Speak to us, buddy. Right, good evening, guys. All I would like to say, I've got to be a bit quicker for the phone. Why well, is it on fire, mate? What's, <laughs> what's the problem with the phone? <laughs>
3: no you idea. You never know. Who knows? <laughs>
0: uh, here's business expert Hank Potts. Hi, guys. Uh, joining Alan Brazil and Graham Beecroft on breakfast. Coming up to 20 minutes past seven o'clock over to the City We're of London. To him, mate. And Barclays, Mr. Potts. How are we, Hank? Whatever
3: happened to him, eh? Oh, Whatever oh, no. happened to Mike Parry? Oh, uh, I don't know, uh, eh? Lost in the mist of time, isn't he? Did you um, have a good lunch yesterday? Well, we had a late afternoon drink, actually. Thank you very much. It was was quite pleasant. Yeah, It went on to the night. (laughs) Sounds like it went through the night into the early hours of the morning. Hick pots there. Wow. (laughs) And uh, this is late-night legend James Whale with a news story.
2: The mum has claimed that she was uh, made to feel like a criminal after a policeman stopped her for breastfeeding in public. Uh, Margaret White uh, said that the cop approached her, and after she had uh, just finished feeding uh, a twenty-eight-year-old daughter,
0: uh, that, you, you'd look twice, <laughs> wouldn't you? You'd wonder what the heck was going. what the heck was going on. Um, um, I presume that must have been thre- three th- seven <laughs> one seven. Uh, a caller now to Adrian Durham. <laughs> I speak to
4: uh, John, who's a Celtic fan. Hi, John.
3: Hi there. Hi, mate. Welcome to the, the, the show. Uh, the debate <laughs> Thanks very much. Where... <laughs> yeah, cheers. <laughs> 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 it's like
0: old uh, Janet Webb at that the end was, of Morecambe yeah. and Wise. Thank you, I love you all. It's one for the kids. Yeah. What's next, Andy? And staying with the calls...
2: Well, I think before we kicked off, there's a nice little frost on the surface, and uh, it was a freezing
1: cold night. We had a, the highest attendance we've had for 30,000 years.
0: Well, that's impressive, isn't it? I'm surprised records go back that far. Uh, Lee Anderthau or whatever, was they, uh, the striker up front. He was a good player. Tremendous. And finally, this is uh, Paul Breen-Turner presenting the evening show, The Game. The next hour of the game, I will speak to Emmerdale Farms' Amy Nuttall. She looks great, doesn't she? And she is on the game. Well, that's a bit much. <laughs> Sorry, Amy, if you're listening. It was 2005. And <laughs> what's, two th- what's the name of the show? It's just, yes, a, just one of those things. No aspersions being cast. So there it, we are, dusted is. off from December 2005. Always oh, There's been a bit of pewter in there. Why not? Uh, and we'll try and bring you some more of those next week around the same time yes he's gonna to have to hand over the boxes when he goes he will the uh, that's right the, uh, the with the, the ceremonial handing over of those mini discs from our, so. our producer is moving on
3: yes that's right yeah. so it's
0: uh, more of that later the issue to come and get me play apparently <laughs> in the football <laughs> vernacular but anyway more of that another time when we absolutely slaughter him on air his final days. So, um, uh, anything else Andy you want to talk about very quickly?
3: Um, no, you have done? Me. No, I'm fine. Oh, I've it's... got
0: news of uh, Mansfield had a big win at the weekend. Oh, yeah. Nigel Clough, uh, they beat Forrest Green, haven't been going well, mm. but 4-0. Yeah. And uh, he decided last week to get the boys onside with a game of cricket. Uh, he wanted a change of scenery, he said. And, but he wanted it to be competitive. And the way cricketers play football, this is Nigel trying a bit of footballers playing cricket. So we played a bit of indoor cricket, had two teams of players and a staff side. Nice way to keep the team bubbling along. It's still training, and wanted everyone, regardless of whether they were good at cricket or not, to do their best to win. So then they go out Saturday,
3: win 4 0. You could see that in the pre match warm up, they'll start playing cricket, yeah. Because we guess <laughs> right, that would be good, wouldn't it? Take a few <laughs> players, take a bat and a ball out yeah, there, yeah. that would be excellent, yeah. Did you see Patrick Bamford was branded a cheat, yeah? yeah he got away with a sort of Maradona well, style, he, he
0: admitted that
3: he'd, he was asked, he was
0: asked afterwards, Eddie, he said, Yeah, it did hit my arm, but the, the, they didn't pick it up. And there's no VAR, no. And he sort of, even in the celebration, he sort of Made out as if yeah, he did. Apparently, the, the, the uh he was, uh, the was having a bit of a laugh with him afterwards.
3: which didn't go down well no, with he the didn't opposition go to manager. No. Tony Cascarino uh, piled into me on Talk Sport, apparently. He oh, did he bait. really? Yeah. Oh. He said, of course, it's handball. But like Maradona, he got away with it. He cheated. He knew. Oh, said, I think he would have been well. saying Thierry Henry, Tony, with his <laughs> Republic
0: of Ireland connections. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast. Well, there we are. That's how it all unfolded. I'll return tomorrow. Charlie Baker will be with me. And the Champions League is back. That's good. City, the only team this week Doesn't in action. Us, from, as you were saying no, earlier. that's right. There was a time, Andy, we'd say we would go to Cheltenham, worrying that we might miss our Champions League games. It's great, but isn't it? Not a problem currently <laughs> for no. either of us, is it? So, uh, anyway, uh, that and a whole lot more. Besides, do hope you can join us from one uh, tomorrow. If not, the podcast is always available from around four o'clock. But for now. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on Talk Sports.